Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hi, welcome everybody. It is Rebecca Shalon today and we have an amazing guest on today's show. Her name is Catherine Gannon, another alumni from The Fashion Hero. Thank you so much for joining us, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. So great to chat with you. Yeah, as always, I'm very excited about having our guest on today. Uh, A little bit about Catherine. She is an incredible woman. She is such a fierce force of nature and is just so full of kindness and compassion and she has achieved incredible things in her life. So um, let's start with just a little bit about you, Catherine. Do you want to tell the good people who you are? Um, Yeah, so my name is Catherine. I'm from Galway in Ireland. Um, So my kind of background was always in modelling. I started when I was about 13, then decided to take a break and didn't really um, want to I always thought my education was more important, even as, as much as I wanted to do modeling when I was a young girl, I was more into like I, I did see the importance of education because I know that modeling doesn't last uh, forever. So and it's not um, it's not something you bank your whole life on. I don't I don't think that was smart, would be a smart move for people. So I was always really into my education. I went to college and did psychology of counseling and. Uh, that's what I started studying when I was 18. But when I was 18, the modeling kind of took off on the side of college. So it was modeling and college and no social life. <laughs> but uh, what I really did love, um, I suppose, was I when I did do pageants, I had four titles, so four different Miss Ireland titles. So I got to go abroad four times. And when I did have those titles, I did find that working with the media a lot, I did have a good platform for bringing a voice of awareness to the causes that I thought was really important. So one of the causes that was always close to my heart is autism and autism in Ireland, particularly because my own brother, my eldest brother, Johnny, he has autism. So all my life, I've always had um, someone I love with autism in my life. And I am really, really blessed to have such a good brother. And um, along with all the other stigmas with mental health, people don't really understand autism. Um, it's such a varied a condition that you may have, you know, very, very mild symptoms or you may have, you know, more symptoms than others. And it's just something that people didn't understand. So the great thing about being Miss Ireland was that I was able to bring awareness to that and um, kind of lessen the stigma around autism and bring more understanding uh, to people in Ireland. And then the other thing I really cared about was body positivity. So um, I suppose it didn't go well that I love to bake and I like to model. It wasn't a good combo, really. <laughs> but, um, you know, I did face criticism about my size. And ever since I was a little girl, I always was told, like, you want to do modeling? Well, like, be very, very careful. Like, my mom was always told, be careful that she doesn't fall into, you know, the wrong side of the industry in terms of, you know, it, it isn't any secret that eating disorders are a huge part of the fashion and modeling industry. Um, and that obsession with weight is a huge part of the modeling industry so I really wanted to speak out about that and that's how I got into filming the fashion hero 
Um, so that was all kind of, <laughs> I'm 29 now. So that was all my 20s in a nutshell. And now I've just finished a master's in journalism and I write for um, the Irish Times in Ireland and other newspapers. So that's, that's me. Amazing. I, that's <laughs> so incredible. There's so many things in there that um, I would love to dive deeper into. Um, but let's start with um, your career. So you, you've um, stepped into journalism. Now you just finished your master's in journalism. What made you want to pursue that career path? Well, I always really enjoyed writing. Um, it's something that I've always really, really loved doing. Like it was my favorite favorite subject in school was English. And then when I went into college as one of my um, minor subjects, I did choose English as well um, alongside psychology and as much, no, I don't think anybody loves studying, but I always loved writing out my notes, which is, it sounds really nerdy. Like I wouldn't say I was like a complete nerd or anything, but I did always, I always loved when I was given essays in school because I could learn them off for English. And that was the thing I wanted to do so well in, in school. Um, so anything that I could write history, essays in history, English essays, I really loved it. Um, and then my granddad was actually a writer as well. Um, but he he did release books, but he didn't want them published because he was someone who just didn't want. He just wanted to do it for the love of the arts as opposed to wanting the publicity or the fame and fortune of it. So I think it's in my blood as well. Um, but I, I've always I've always loved it. And then I suppose working with the media when I was doing modeling kind of taught me that uh, working with the media gives you a really good platform in it, whether you're doing modeling or whether you're you know, you've won some sort of a sporting competition, you can get a platform. And I felt like, what if I'm a journalist, I'll have more of a push to write about the stories that I think are more important. And I love hearing people's stories. So I think that's where the psychology um, interest that I have such an interest in psychology came from, that I love to sit down and listen to somebody's story, because I do believe everybody does have a story. Um, and, you know, some people want to keep theirs a secret and some people want to share it. And I think that I'd like to be a voice to people who don't know how to share it. Hmm. Would you ever sort of go into um, like autobiography writing or like shadow writing like that about people's lives? Well, I mean, if we are in lockdown for much longer, anything is possible. Um, I haven't I haven't thought about doing that yet because I've, I suppose, features and getting them into the media has been something I've been doing for the last year. So I graduated a year ago and I, so far I've loved it. Like my favorite topics to cover are, um, you know, like people who've come through such challenges and come out the other side. Like I covered a story recently on a girl who lost both her parents within a year apart by the time she was 11 and she lost her sight a year later and she prevailed and went to college and she's had mass sporting success. And I just love the more mm. of those stories I can get, uh, the better. Like if she did ask me to write a book on her, I probably would do it because it was so interesting. But then I feel like I'd write a book on anyone. <laughs> yeah. um, another reason I think that I, this is something I've discovered very recently in lockdown when there's so much time. Um, my full-time job is a content writer for a website company, as well as being a journalist. So I do find that I always was happiest when I was writing. And I'm quite an overthinker. Like I am someone who gets anxious and overthinks quite a lot about things. So apparently when you're using the creative side of your brain, like 
this is something I've read recently, don't quote me on this, but if you're mm-hmm. using the creative side of your brain, like writing or baking, it, it doesn't give your overthinking brain a chance to go go crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think so. I think that's why when I'm being creative, I'm happiest. And yeah, I think that's why I love writing so much. So your job is kind of like a form of self care, almost. It is like I really, really enjoy it. I I always thought that you know the modeling side of things. I really did enjoy that, but there was you know there's lots of downsides to the modeling industry, and there's downsides to every job. But I haven't felt this happy in a job. I I don't remember when I was last this happy in a job. What are some of the hurdles that you sort of came across? Like I know that COVID changed things and uh, I also know you had to move as well to pursue your career. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like the um, how you came to those decisions and um, like what you did to overcome those things? Yeah, so when I did... um, graduate I graduated in January 2019 and I worked the entire time I was doing my master's for part-time over a two-year basis so I didn't have a huge social life for about two years and then I graduated in January and COVID started in March so there wasn't um, a huge pile of socializing for the last three years but at least I got the master's done so and the hurdles were like looking for a job when there it's it's always been a competitive industry in Ireland and I did have something lined up that I had fought to try and get for about six months um I had been trying to get this job it's in a in a radio station in Dublin I was offered it on the Monday and it was in March the news came out about COVID that COVID was in Ireland everything went into lockdown and on the Friday the job that I had tried so hard to get in the radio station um, told me they, they couldn't take me they couldn't take anyone new so that was a little bit heartbreaking and um, and then I moved to Dublin in July and I just felt like I absolutely love Galway Galway's the most beautiful city in the world if you haven't been you would love it uh, but I didn't feel like I was going to pursue my career there the same way so being in Dublin has um, got me closer to my goals and um, I always had like the dream of writing for the Irish Times was the one publication where I always wanted to write for for years since I started since before I started my journalism masters and um, that came a few months after I moved up and so far it's been good like I've been I've been very happy working in there. Mm. That's that's an intense setback to like sort of take when you when you're going after like six months um trying to get the job. What what kind of um steps did you take to come back from that? Like how did you bounce back so quickly? Well, I think this the main setback was in March. And it, although I was really disappointed at the time, I felt like there was so much bigger things going on in the world than me not getting my position in the radio station that I really wanted. Like literally it was coming out in the news about the deaths and it was so scary because you know it went from being terrified I was so terrified when I found out the first person in Ireland had come in with COVID and before you knew it it was absolutely rampant in the country and um, my main concern really like I kind of forgot about myself my main concern was for my parents Um, you know like my biggest fear would be anything would happen to my mom or my dad and I I was still in Galway then in March, so I was I went to my dad's house every single day, pretty much like just to just to lock him in, telling me not allowed to go outside. <laughs> and like, although COVID did bring some 
big struggles and I know it brought more struggles to others than it did to me there was definitely some good things that came out of COVID like I wouldn't have spent that much time with my dad with work before and studying and everything else I had going on so just the fact that I got to see him every single day and we spent all that time together and we had dinner together every night was something that I hadn't done in years so Mm. it was really nice it was such that was a nice thing and that brought me um brought me I suppose up to summer when I got when I got to move to Dublin and then when I moved to Dublin um, I'm really into outdoors and exploring new like when I move somewhere I like to explore so I moved to a lovely little town in the south side of Dublin and uh, there was so much more to do because in Galway there was the same walks you know the same the same beaches everything for like months and months and months so at least when I moved to Dublin there was new sites to see and mm. um, new places to go and like there's just certain parts of Dublin that I never would have seen before because whenever I came up it was always for work for modeling work mm-hmm. or um, you know when I was going for interviews for trying to get journalism work so there, it, it's like I was kind of a tourist I didn't go on any staycations like a lot of other Irish people went on because I felt like I had moved and I had a new job and a new house and everything was new so that really brought me through um and then by the time, I suppose, um, September, October was when my journalism work really started to take off. And um, th- that's been going well up until now. Mm. That's not to say that we are in our third lockdown now. And it is certainly the most difficult. Um, mm. The writing is really helping me. Um, I'm very happy with the way career is going. And that's always been kind of a huge thing for me since since I was a little girl I always wanted to be really successful in my career I, I always mm. thought it would be modeling and then after the modeling after I felt it was time to leave the modeling I really wanted to focus on journalism mm. so I so like I am happy in my life your mm. ambition like really like pulled you through and just focusing on the good things and pouring yourself into the things that made you happy exactly and I think it's so so hard because I felt after Christmas it was like a, I found that the hardest out of all the like lockdown in the past year maybe it's like a combination of January blues we got a very strict lockdown and um, after January and the cases went from it had it had never really gone above like 1,500 in Ireland because we're such a small country we have less a population less than five million and it went from that to 8,000 today. So it was, it wow. just went cra- it went crazy high, crazy fast. And it is coming down slowly but surely again in this lockdown. But I was, you know, very, I, I was never afraid for myself so much. I was a little bit afraid at the very start when we didn't know what COVID was and all we heard about was these stories of people dying in Italy and dying in Wuhan. But I was afraid again. When there was 8,000 cases, I, I was afraid. So I felt like I couldn't really go anywhere Nothing was open anyways. Um, I missed, I was at home for Christmas, so I did miss my brother and my mom, my dad again. Um, so it, it, I did find it tough and I think a lot of people found it really tough, but they say that like the last stretch is always the hardest. So I really, I really pray that this is our last mm. level five lockdown. So it's our strictest one. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of heavy things going on in the world and it's it's a lot for anyone to deal with. Mm. Um, but it's it's really wonderful to sort of hear that you've, you've had so many triumphs through this as well. Um, but we'll dive deeper into um, all things about Catherine after we take this short break. Follow 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, welcome back, everyone. We are chatting with Catherine Gannon, um, and she has had an incredible life. So she was telling us all about how she went into pageantry, has gone into modeling, has a platform for advocacy for autism, especially and body positivity. Um, and we just uh, sort of wrapped up on how you went into your career in journalism and the impacts of COVID. But I do want to go back to um, the the advocacy work that you do. Um, and you mentioned that autism, autism was a really important um, thing for you to speak on, but also body positivity. Um, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the body positivity platform? Yeah, so like I was saying, I always wanted to model when I was a little girl. I didn't even really know what it was. I just used to watch like L'Oreal advertisements on TV and like it just kind of got drummed into my head that that's what I was going to be. Like I had absolutely no pressure from my family. My parents would be, they cringe at the thought of like show parents, um, but they were supportive. Like they were, you know, they wanted me to finish school. They wanted me to be safe. Like they, they brought me to a lot of talks on safety within the modeling industry. So that was really helpful. And I do feel like I had a good head on my shoulders in terms of the modeling. So one thing that I always disliked was like growing up as a teenager, you'd, you'd read a lot of stories about anorexia within like girls magazines would be something really big. And a lot of the time that would be associated with someone who was famous. Um, like, for example, I do remember reading stories on like Mary Kate Olsen. Uh, that was something that like I, I distinctly remember. And I always felt like it was such a big thing for me to like be like before I had started modeling I had it in my head that I was always going to be against changing your body to a to a stage where it would be damaging for your health mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether that would be you know plastic surgery that could be risky or you know eating this eating disorders or doing crazy diets things like that so I had it in my head that that was wrong 
And I always kind of like it, when I started modeling when I was 13, when I did my small first small little modeling jobs. Like I told my friends in school and first thing, like people in school used to ask me, like, do you starve yourself? And I was like, no. But um, I think another reason that people kind of like said to me about modeling was that I was really tall from a young age. Like I think when I was 14, I was the height I am now. It's five foot eight. Um, but I was also like, it, it just kind of goes on, on my mom's side of the family. I was like really, really slim without trying so I used to just kind of eat whatever I wanted um but I was like a really 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 slim um tall girl so I suppose like in my younger body that's the size that I fit and I never had to do anything I wasn't into sports and I wasn't into the gym and I ate pizza every single day and chocolate every single day (laughs) and I was slim so then when I started modeling um like I didn't think about it like because I was always like people in school used to make jokes like that I was anorexic because like I have I had like really slim wrists and just slim body and like you know um pancake boobs and <laughs> like everything like that so uh it wasn't fashionable back then either like it was more the like feminine figure that was fashionable and then I um I did my first big modeling competition um it was like I was the face of my university and it was probably it was the second thing I'd won so I I had didn't have like amazing self-esteem at 17 18 but I was really really determined I was like overcoming the fact that I wasn't a confident person and I didn't think I deserved to win but I wanted to like prove myself wrong nearly Um, but I do remember the first competition I did that was a big pageant um just going from being like one of the skinniest girls of all my friends and always being told like you're so skinny you're so slim you're you know Mm. like like mean jokes about like you're anorexic and things like that to going to this pageant and feeling like the biggest girl in the room Mm -hmm. so I did this pageant I was so happy to be there and I just couldn't like I'm from an average like um country kind of a town in Galway and of course everybody's all shapes and sizes but I would consider myself now like an average slim and I would have been average slim then but it was like a completely different ball game when I did go to this pageant um it was like and that's not to say that there was anything wrong with the other girls bodies that were slimmer than me that's not what I'm saying at all Mm. but they were of a very slim um size the other girls in the pageant And then we had to do a photo shoot in our bikinis. And one of the photos I was, I was kind of leaning forward and like, I I looked an awful lot bigger than I was. Like I had like a kind of a roll coming out over my bikini and (laughs) it didn't look good. Like there was two pictures taken and one, I looked like me, which was like averagely slim. And then, you know, one, I, you know, had like what kind of looked like, um, you know, just like a little roll of fat, like, you know, I'm happy it's there. It's and a normal, warm. natural body roll. Yeah. Yeah, a body roll. Keeps you warm. Um, yeah. And this went on, this was before social media was big. Like, I think maybe Facebook was coming to light. Bebo was ending in Ireland. We didn't really have, um, they, uh, what was the, what's the one they have in America? Uh, um, I don't, don't know. They had, they had one called... Um, they had another one in America that we didn't have. So we were really just Bebo and Facebook was just coming out. So there wasn't a whole lot of social media, but there was this anonymous news site that mm-hmm. people could comment on anonymously. 
and the comments were never nice uh, on anyone. Like the girls that I really looked up to in the modeling industry in Ireland would be pictured on this news site. And just the cruelest, rudest comments would be anonymously posted underneath their pictures. Mm. But I didn't take any consideration to that when I had never, ever, ever been fat shamed. I never, ever, ever, ever felt, I had no idea what it felt like to be in any way overweight or shamed for my weight. And Mm -hmm. I, the picture of me was up on it and like literally all the comments were about how fat I was. Wow. Mm, yeah and so I I was 18 like I wasn't even long 18 and I was just devastated like it ruined the whole experience for me um and that's when I started like googling all the mad diets I could do and I like that like younger smarter younger girl in me that knew that like crazy diets were wrong not like what I was eating pizzas and chips and chocolate wasn't very healthy either but I feel like that younger girl in me that was happy with herself and wanted to have Beyonce curl curves all her life mm-hmm. um, suddenly was like no they want me to be slim if I'm if I'm really really slim and like a tiny tiny body then I won't get these sort of comments again and I'll show mm-hmm. everyone so, so I guess that- I guess that this um, experience sort of propelled you into like the importance of talking about body positivity and, and realizing that, you know, forcing yourself to be any body shape that isn't natural to yours isn't right kind of thing. Exactly. And like, I felt like up until that point, I had been successful in my small modeling, my small town modeling competitions. I had been successful. And even though I couldn't believe that I had won things, it was just so horrible to get such a setback and not that I expected to win that pageant because it was national and it was big and it was my first big one. But like I had never, ever, ever felt like uh, I'd been treated so cruelly. And I just, I did, I did think about dropping out, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I know there's going to be a bikini round, but I I just remember feeling so uncomfortable in the bikini round. Like I had to like cover my, my set, my body with my, Galway sash and um yeah no it, it was rough and then um I suppose it, it's funny how like when I look back now I completely know like so much about nutrition compared to what I did then mm. and ju- just like the stupid diets that I did like mm. I feel like I've tried every stupid diet that there was and then I'd be fine for a while and I would just eat what I wanted and then I would find some stupid diet and try it for like three days again. And like just nonsense. Yeah. Like well, it kind of like blog. from from what you're saying as well, like it kind of just seems like no matter what size you were, you were you were teased. Like you were either teased for being too skinny or you were teased for being too big. So the, the greater lesson here is that like, you know, your self-worth isn't tied to weight in any shape or form because it doesn't matter if you're like, you know, too skinny and in inverted commas kind of thing. Like who even says what too skinny and too fat is like, it's just exactly. about what you're healthy and, and what you feel good in. Right. Yeah. And that, that is how I am now. Like, I feel like my nutrition is very good now. Um, probably a little bit too much baking in there, but otherwise I am Never I'm too very much. healthy. I will literally Never. eat a whole tray of brownies if it is the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, have done in quarantine. 
in quarantine. Um, it doesn't count. Cal- calories don't count in quarantine, you know. You didn't, yeah. You know, it's all about just being happy in yourself. But I really, I did feel like there was a couple of tough years. And like you, like you just said there, like, it's like you, nobody was ever happy. So like um, maybe about two years ago, I felt like I did, I had done years and years of being um, like, I wouldn't even say I was plus size. I would say I was bigger than the average model, but I wasn't big enough to be categorized as plus size. So I was in this weird limbo and I worked so hard with all the competitions I did, my main aim was to promote autism awareness and body positivity. And I did all the lingerie shoots. And I was on the cover of one of the biggest Irish magazines. And I was at my biggest when I did that magazine. And I was like, I show you. (laughs) I felt like it was after that, that I I never had an interest in doing like lingerie modeling or um, I I never did do glamour modeling because it just wasn't for me. It's, I think there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not for me. But I never had an interest in doing swimsuit or um, lingerie modeling until I put on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And then I really wanted to show that I could still model and that being curvy or whatever, cellulite, whatever size you are, you can still be confident and still look good mm. and feel good. And like after I did lose all the weights, because I have lost a significant amount of weight now. And I suppose that's just because I'm running around working all the time and you know, I, I do eat healthily. And like I said, like I said, love my chocolate and mm. I love my Prosecco and things like that. But I am very balanced and my exercise routine is um, mainly just for my mental health as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, trying. To, I, I am balanced. not. Yeah, I'm not even I wouldn't say I'm trying to lose weight by any means at the moment. I'm just happy with how I am. But the funny thing was when I did lose the significant amount of weight and I'm more in in line with the average model size now I don't want to do lingerie or swimwear Mm. pictures anymore like I don't care and photographers have asked me about doing it and I'm like no I've proved what I needed to prove now Mm -hmm. I just look like everybody else anyway so it's good you're just kind of like doing the projects that you want to do for you exactly um, and yeah if you were to um have like maybe give me like five tips on um like how to love your body and yourself because you've kind of been all over the spectrum where you felt like incredibly confident and um at home in your skin to completely not comfortable with um what you look like because of what everyone was around um around you what would be like your five tips to to sort of really hone in on that self-love and body positivity thing well, the first bit of advice that I would say is that outside of the modeling industry, like there might be an agenda for someone you're working for, for you to be a certain size. And that's completely separate. But there is a lot of comments from people who have no idea about the fashion industry, no idea about health, no idea about fitness. And they think it's OK to comment on your weight and your size and your appearance that is completely irrelevant like they have tip one don't listen to other people (laughs) no like I have been I have gone from being called anorexic in school to being told that I was so fat that it would be an embarrassment to send me to any international competition to being told that when I lost the weight again being told that I was gone too skinny and like looked way too slim and, mm-hmm. it, you know, I taught you were about body positivity. How dare you lose your the weight, the extra weight? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those people, there, there is an element of 
not being happy with themselves that they can't they have to take that out on somebody else whether they're not they want to lose weight they want to gain weight they want to look different to what they are not even necessarily that they want to look like you but they Mm -hmm. just don't want to look like them and they have their own insecurities so I really feel like other people's negativity is a complete reflection on them and that Mm -hmm. sounds really like um you know cliche like it's them who has a problem but it is like nice people who are really happy about themselves don't go around pulling people down and especially and this is not to um you know, I really feel like there's something really amazing about a woman who brings up another woman, like who builds oh, yeah. her up and doesn't tear her down. Like there's just something really amazing about that. Totally so, agree. You yeah. have strength. You don't have um, the insecurity to tear another woman down because I feel like women go through enough without tearing each other down. So don't listen to anybody um, that has no idea. Um, then there is like the other tip I give you is that it literally like just today I was talking to my friend about how much trends change. Like when I was like, ju- this is just an example. It's not even a body example, but like when I was younger, I had huge hair. Like I was so slim mm-hmm. and my hair was so big and I didn't know what a hair straightener was. And my hair was bigger than my body. And I was always going to hairdressers asking them to tin out my hair I wanted to be sleek I wanted to be thin and then like now everybody pays for extensions to like make their hair bigger and thicker it's and, like, true it's just- there's there's all of these trends that we sort of you, you kill yourself trying to like you know get into whatever is is hip and cool and really you should just pay attention to um you know what feels good to you but we're going to hear the rest of these tips when we come back from a short break <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Team Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteamwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteamwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, welcome back, everyone. You're with Rebecca Shalon and Catherine Gannon. And Catherine was just giving us her, like, top five tips for um, how to sort of maintain that self-love and get back into it. So we we covered not listening 
to anybody else um, and, you know, empowering one another and like lifting people up. Uh, so very much the it's not you, it's them type of mentality. <laughs> and now we're sort of going into to trends and things like that. So what's your advice on like um, on the trends? And so what I was just saying is, you know, body body shape trends have um, changed so much and I don't think anybody should follow one particular trend because like there was a stage when I was younger that I hated being tall I hated it so much I I was so much taller than all the boys in school and I just shot up like a tree one summer and I hate I felt so awkward and gangly and too thin and I hated being so skinny and having such a skinny body and like I just I remember that the person I really looked up to was Eva Longoria because Desperate Housewives was up it was um popular at the time so like the the main features that I wanted from her was her gorgeous golden skin because I'm like Casper and she has <laughs> like gorgeous skin um she's she was five foot one I think if I'm right she's five foot one and just like oh my god just like the perfect like to me as a 15 year old like the perfect little petite little figure and um, and that's exactly what I wanted to look like and then by the time I started modeling like there was competitions I wanted to enter and they said you have to be five foot eight to enter this and that's what I am so if I was any shorter and then having pale skin actually really worked to my advantage as well so and then like even though my body did change the slim body was what what they wanted mainly from me in the modeling industry so like mm. that, you know, big booties so, are in now. Yeah. Know? So it comes back down to sort of like touching on that point one again, where like, just don't worry about what people think and what someone has decided is trendy or whatever, because, you know, you have your body and, and your body is always in, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. like curves are in, curves are out. Like, you know, when I, like I said, when I was younger, I always wanted to be like Beyonce, like to me as a young girl, she was like the perfect um, body. And I think we're like near mm-hmm. enough the same height. She's five foot eight or five foot nine as well. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to look like her. And then like, you know, th- that was like, I was shunned if, for even thinking that in the modeling industry. So I mm-hmm. think, I think that you shouldn't let, you should definitely go for it. Um, even if somebody tells you like your shape isn't right, you should be like, well, I'm going to make my shape right. Mm-hmm. and that's what I did <laughs> and yeah it like, worked. your shape is right you're like the end you don't need to change anything no no yeah um so that's kind of like yeah just know the trends are stupid and <laughs> other people are stupid everything yeah. is is just about how you feel um and then I suppose like in terms of um like industries like you might feel like I would have felt like within the modeling industry like that I still wanted to prevail so I think like you have to have like an inner thought that I should be accepted like mm-hmm. girls who are bigger than me should be accepted girls that are smaller than me should not be shamed for being smaller yeah. than me so but- last tip is positive self-talk and just being mindful of the thoughts that you let sink into your body and take over your energy it sounds so cringy, but I think it's like, know your truth. Like I have, yeah. I've had that core belief since I was a little girl that I shouldn't be made to change my body to an unhealthy way or just even a way that I don't want my body to look mm-hmm. for a modeling industry. And that's going to be the same with a lot of industries. Like 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be something like a, a singer or an actress or a model. Like there's like the fitness industry is so big now and people are pushing mm-hmm. their bodies to these extreme lengths for an Instagram picture. And it's just mm-hmm. mad. Which brings me on to tip number four is that um, Instagram's a load of BS. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I post the most when I am unhappy or bored. Like looking back on some of the years I've had like bad years, um, you know, like where like I've just been on. I know that that was a bad year for me. It's probably when I've had like the most glamorous looking pictures on Instagram. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, people say don't go on Instagram too much in lockdown because it looks like everyone's having their best life. But I don't even I don't look at it like that. I never delete my Instagram. I don't feel like I need to because I know like those pictures of me that are photoshopped is not what I look like. So I'm not going to look at a picture of some celebrity and say, oh, I wish I looked like her. Because like, I, I know that like, mm-hmm. you can't look like the girl in the photo when the girl in the photo doesn't even look like the girl in the photo. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's so much filters and lighting. And like, I've gone to photography courses as a model where I've had to stand in. And then like, like four hours of standing around just listening to photographers discuss like I know the tricks of the trade like I photographers have like like photoshopped out my cellulite on my leg in front of me before so I don't Mm. feel you should know that like that that is fake and you know like angles and everything like that because like people said to me like you never were were bigger than you are now and I'm like I just didn't upload the photos like I only uploaded like a lot of selfies or ones where I had like a sarong in a certain position to hide um, the like inverted commas extra weight that I was carrying. Yeah, um, I'm going to I'm going to call it extra warmth, actually. Extra <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I agree with you. Like there's a lot of, um, you know, false narratives out there where like people are presenting reality as something that it's not. <laughs> mm, but, exactly. Um, yeah, speaking of reality, what is your reality right now? What projects are you working on? What what's next for you? Um like that so segue, I, you know, smooth. Um, <laughs> so I do have um a few things in the pipeline that I can't mention yet because I hate to count my chickens before they hatch. Um like like for example, like when I used to do pageants, honest to God, like I'd be on the plane on my way to Fiji before I'd announced that I was going to be doing the pageant Wow! Uh, because I just always feel I always felt like I really want to make sure before I got my hopes up but I, I'm, I'm dealing on that as well like I I think that like because the modeling industry was so unsettling I have like a fear of failure mm-hmm. um but things are going very well right now and I, what I really love um I love my job as a content writer and I um want to kind of do more I want to do more in terms of writing about people's stories and sharing more stories for people who wouldn't have a voice. And, you know, there, there are certain stories, like, unfortunately, some of them are sad stories. Like I did have to cover the funeral of a woman from Galway who died of cervical cancer. Um, mm. And there was a, mis- a mistake made by the government, not by the government, but by the health officials in Ireland with her mm-hmm. smear test. So since I've had to do that, I feel like I brought a good platform to cervical cancer and the importance of smear tests. And recently I posted a photo on my Instagram and um, it's a trend smear for smear. So it's your smear lipstick to remind women to go and get their pap smear mm-hmm. test done. 
Um, and that's, this is why I do think that, you know, as much as I say Instagram is fake, I do think that it can be a very good platform for important causes as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you just... yeah, what I, what I kind of hope to do is I always just hope that I will be helping people and I will be publicizing things that I think deserve a good voice. Like mm-hmm. um, one of our fellow uh, fashion heroes is actually in um, our Sunday World magazine. I wrote that article recently and um, mm. oh, Stacey's beautiful pictures were all over the Sunday World magazine and her story about how well she'd done in her modeling career and how mm-hmm. she'd overcome all the um, body shaming issues. And that's just what I love. And like, if, if my career could stay the way it is now, and not become more, I suppose, any more goals, as long as I could just keep doing what I'm doing and writing about things that I care about and that I think is important for Irish people to know then and internationally, um, I would be happy. In an ideal world, where would you be in five years? Um, I suppose still writing, um, hopefully from maybe a house that... I own (laughs) but I would love to think that I had so much contacts built up I love going to events and covering events and I miss that so much in lockdown so my big wish in five years is that we will forget about COVID and it will be (laughs) something that is you know there's a vaccination is just like the flu vaccine and it is safe and it is regular and we just go back to happier times so what what I I suppose in five years I just love to think that I'd be successful in my writing and my journalism mm. and I'd still be writing yeah I honestly I think you would be an amazing talk show host I would love <laughs> to see you like on a weekly platform like inviting people on and like giving your thoughts and giving a voice to people who maybe don't have a platform of their own kind of thing I think that would Aww. be cool <laughs> Will you write me a reference? <laughs> That's so <laughs> Always, kind. always, always. Um, you also touched on like autism as well. Did you want to like talk a little bit more about that platform and, um, you know, why it's important to you and obviously your brother and, and the things you've gotten to do with that? Yeah, well, I suppose it's really easy for me. Like I said, I've never not had someone with autism in my life and I understood it so much from such a young age. He's 10 years older than me, my brother. So, mm. um I understood it so much from such a young age. So I do understand that when people don't understand it, it's like, for example, I had to cover a story on MS recently and I have no, I had no knowledge of MS until mm-hmm. I interviewed this woman and did my research before interviewing her. So I do understand, like there was, um, recently there was a, a government meeting where someone, uh, one government member in Ireland did refer to um she she was talking about the education system in COVID for people with special needs getting to go back to education, but the schools being closed for people who did not have special needs. And one of the sentences she did say was, um, it's not the same for normal children, is what she said. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a huge backlash for that. As much as I completely understand the backlash and why people would be upset and they have the right to be upset and she was right to apologize. I do sympathize with the fact that sometimes people just say things without, I don't think there was malice behind what she said is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like people don't always understand and people are afraid to ask. 
as well about autism. It's it's just one of those things people are, think that it'll make you upset. And I love to talk about Johnny. He's he's my favorite brother. Um, <laughs> but he, but uh, how I many brothers do you have? Three. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, he's the only one that hasn't immigrated. So it's just like me and my my big bro Johnny. He's the best. Um, but I um, really, I just think that there's, it, it was more education and understanding around it. Like when I, I was actually um, made the leader of the Irish Society of Autism in the National University of Galway when I was doing my degree. And I met loads of students that have autism. Like autism isn't somebody who's nonverbal. My brother is nonverbal, but somebody could have autism and go on to do a degree and a PhD mm-hmm. more success, more successfully possibly than someone who doesn't have it yeah Um, it's very it's very much um a spectrum um and if people if people want to learn more about this and um sort of follow your stories and and learn more about what you have to say about it um where can they find you um well I do talk a lot my kind of um I'm in the process another lockdown activity I must start my website um but I if you want to just follow me on Instagram it's just Catherine Gannon and I do speak a lot about um you know, how proud I am as a sister mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things you can do to support autism awareness and just understanding you don't have to, you don't have to be a charity coordinator and have a big bake sale to support autism awareness. It's just, you know, asking a neighbor, just not staring is like a yeah. huge, it's a huge support. And, you know, it, it is a very prevalent condition mm-hmm. um, across the world. So I do think that like if people were, a little bit more understanding and you know maybe helpful to a mother that might not be able to go to the grocery store because her child may um may have behavior that she wouldn't be able to bring him out I think I think that's um a very important lesson to to take into like in general life is just to always practice kindness and understanding but if you had um because we are coming to the end of the show now brandy always asks um this question at the end if you had just 60 seconds 60 seconds where the whole world had to listen to what you had to say what would you want to say um I suppose like you said just be kind to one another and it's definitely a thing that you don't know what people are going through like I said the times that I have appeared my most happiness was when I've been going through the roughest times and what you see a person going through if you see them going through a hard time they're probably going through an even harder time on the inside you never really see how bad things are so I think always to practice kindness always to practice understanding and how important your words are like but in terms of fat shaming um, shaming people with mental health just if you have nothing nice to say just say nothing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful way to end the show to talk about kindness you're an incredible woman and I've enjoyed listening to you and hearing all about um your life and the wonderful like uh projects that you advocate and things like that I hope that everybody has a chance to go and follow you um, so Catherine Gannon on Instagram and everything like that. I can't wait to see what you get up to next. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and to everyone out there listening. Um, we will see you again next week at 5 p.m. PST. Uh, same time, same place. <laughs>
Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Oh, 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 oh